Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Missourian Pick and Roll Podcast. My name is Reed Catellis, and I'm back again and joined by my partners, David Sack and Connor Worley. You are listening to episode 10, and we will be breaking down the past week of Mizzou hoops. Uh, the Conzo Martin and the players have been available in almost two weeks now, so we're going to go ahead and spike the soundbite of the week. Let's go ahead and just do the trivia question. Our question is about uh, Tom Crean, the head coach of Georgia, Missouri's opponent, Tuesday. Tom Crean and the Bulldogs are about to finish a losing season. They're second to last in the SEC. When's the last time Crean has had a losing season as a head coach? So we'll reveal that later. Let's just go ahead and go over the past week, though. Uh, Missouri's losing streak expanded to four games after it lost at Florida and at, Missi- at Mississippi State over the past week. It was a bit of a turbulent week. We saw Jeremiah Tillman flip off the Florida fans, and we, we learned Mark <laughs> Smith will be getting foot surgery Monday, leaving him out for the season. What did you guys see over the past week? Uh, well, I think we're sort of looking at a team that in many ways is kind of broken at this point. I think that it's just been a little bit too turbulent of a season for these guys, a little bit too much adversity for such a young group. And I just kind of think it's all kind of boiling over at this point. I mean, you look at that game on Tuesday. Yeah. On Tuesday against Mississippi State. I mean, you know, the Tigers shot 33% shade under that, actually, from the field for the game. Uh, 29% from three. You know, without Mark Smith, they just... Without, I'm sorry, without Mark Smith, Tillman in foul trouble, and just the lack of production from the four, it's just too much for their offense to overcome. Yeah, and I want to talk specifically about that Mississippi State game. So Mizzou is last in the SEC in points per game by two whole points. Right. They're 66 per, uh, points per game. I think the next game is 68. They scored 49 mm-hmm. on, on Tuesday. Um, and I <clears> think how that's how it's going to be the rest of the way. They just like don't have any offensive firepower with Tillman having this horrible stretch, Mark Smith's out and just like no one else can, can get the ball in the basket. Yeah. I, th- I think at this point at the season, this is probably the weakest version of this season's Missouri, Missouri Tigers that we've seen. I mean, you mentioned when Tillman's in foul trouble when, when Mark with Mark Smith out and when, and just the horrible production from the floor, there's really just not enough to go around and there's not enough from the freshmen, the freshmen, how, however promising they may be, it's, they're just not, they're not talented and developed enough yet to pick up the slack there. And when you have all these problems, that means you're getting to, you're getting eight shots from uh, Torrance Watson. You're getting ten shots from Javon Pickett. You're getting six shots from KJ Santos. It's just players are getting shots that they probably should, really shouldn't be at this point. And adding on to that, you, you mentioned you know the high le- the high amount of shots that are coming for those guys. And I'm looking at this box score. And then, and I, I know we've been we've talked about this a lot this year, so I, I don't want to beat a dead horse too much, but then I'm looking at Kevin Pergier, mm. and I'm seeing two field goal attempts in 15 minutes, one rebound, two points. I mean, they just, you know, I don't know how many different ways to say it, and I mean, Conzo is, you know, definitely still frustrated. He's showing that regularly, <clears throat> but they just have got to get more from Kevin Pergier, and I, I wonder if it's starting to kind of settle in for him a little bit here that, you know, there's three games left in the regular season, and then there's the SEC tournament. His career is coming to a close. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. What kind of mark does he want to leave? I don't think any of us had any illusions uh, that this would be an easy stretch of their schedule, even like preseason. I mean, there's three or four on the road that they've lost in, in their four straight losses, and it's all against like really good teams, too. Um, so, I mean, I think the disappointing parts, the way in which they lost, like blowing that, that nine point lead at half against Florida. Mm-hmm. 25 turnovers against Ole Miss. It's like having no shooting presence at all against Mississippi State. And then, I mean, Kentucky's just a better team. Yeah. 
uh, I hate I hate bringing it back to Poirier, but I mean he hasn't. It's really shocking to me. He hasn't scored in double figures one time in SEC play, and this is a guy that averaged over 11 points per game in his first two seasons under Kim Anderson. Now there is obviously a lot less talent on those teams, allowing him to score more, but. It's just yeah, really shocking that he hasn't that reached just, double figures. That could also just be a product of Conzo not asking him to score. Yeah. And he just wants him to be more facilitator for other guys. But yeah, sure. like still not even just fumbling your way to 10 points is, yeah. is surprising. So now Missouri is 12 and 15, 3 and 12 in the SEC. The Tigers are third to last in the conference and two games behind Texas A&M. So I think it's a, it's at this point, it's a certainty that they'll be playing in the first weekend of, of the SEC tournament. I mean, yeah, so right now it's looking like the bottom four are going to be A&M, Zoo, Georgia, and Vandy. Uh, mm-hmm. My thoughts on that are, I mean, A&M came to uh, Mizzou Arena and beat them, so I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be any surprised if they would be able to beat them on the neutral floor. I think Vanderbilt's got a good shot at beating them, and Georgia's, I mean, we haven't seen what Mizzou, how Mizzou matches up against them yet. We'll find that out Tuesday, but I think if all of those, of those three teams, Georgia is probably the most likely team for Mizzou to beat. So. Mm. Yeah, and that's good news for the Tigers because if the SEC tournament were to start today, uh, Missouri would face Georgia. Um, Missouri slotted in there right now at 12, you know, 12 plays 13, 11 plays 14 mm-hmm. in that first round. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it does uh, – Georgia is not only who they play now, but if you kind of look at where the standings are, they're the most likely opponent for yeah. Missouri. And I, I think that that is definitely a winnable first-round game for I've got I've got a question for both of you that mm-hmm. I just thought of. <laughs> So let's say Mizzou loses that regular season, but they somehow win on that Wednesday and Thursday. Is the season a success still? I say yes. I think if they won one SEC tournament game, this current strength of the team, I think that's a positive. Yeah, I I think any kind of, you know, positive note to end the season makes the season a success. I mean, I also really think that this year being a success is something we really won't know until a couple years down the line. I think this year is really about just building a program. I mean, it was yeah. one thing to hold these guys accountable for wins and losses earlier in the season, but it's just getting a little tough with Mark Smith being out now. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just don't, I'm not quite sure if this season at this point is really <clears throat> about wins and losses. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we shouldn't even be measuring whether they should be reaching some sort of successful point at this, at the end of the season. You know, they're, they're in, they're in year one of this rebuild. And it's, as you just said, it's really not about the wins and losses at this point, especially with how weak the team is now. And this is not surprising, but I think last season kind of gave a lot of fans yeah, that's what yeah, a false, false pers- perspective of what Mizzou can do. I mean, that was kind of an aberration year. It was always going to be a big rebuild after Anderson left. Now this is what's going to this is what it looks like now. This is what it's going to look like for probably next year. But the important thing is that they're building something bigger, and I think you can you can see the tangible steps of that happening. Yeah, and I, I also think on that, you know, I really do think you know it's. It's something that's kind of been forgotten. You know, John Day Porter has just never yeah, really been, he's never really been considered a part of this year's team. But he yeah. came into this year, he was undoubtedly, you know, looking back on this, he was undoubtedly this team's best player going into the yeah. year. And so when you you know, I've said this before, when you lose your best player before the year starts, that's just a big hit. And I do think if they had John Day, they would be at least in the conversation of being on the bubble yeah. Yeah, for the NCAA hmm. tournament. You that's, know? that's interesting because I've been thinking about this recently. If, if Jonte had played with this team in its current iteration, with even with all the other injuries and problems they've had, I, I think he maybe gets them like three more wins. But I, yeah. Maybe he has them at 500, but I don't, I don't think they'd still be much better. I mean, let's remember this team was projected, projected to finish ninth in the SEC before.
before Javante went out. Yeah. So I, mean, he, he, like, I think that's probably where they would have ended up. Right. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and move on to our stud and dud from the past week. Uh, we kind of sat around here for 10 minutes before we before we hit the record button looking for a stud. And as it turns out, that's a hard thing to do with a team on a four-game losing streak. Uh, yes. But we're, we're just going to go ahead and point out a few positives. Missouri out-rebounded both Florida and Mississippi State um, over the past two games. Among all the weaknesses, <laughs> a, a good strength Missouri has shown is that it, it, it is a good rebounding team. Now, obviously, that doesn't that's not something that translates directly to wins. But, I mean, Missouri has out-rebounded seven of its past eight opponents and just looked at it in a vacuum. That's a positive. Yeah, and, you know, with these rebounds, I mean, I think you, you look at the box score from the Mississippi State game, you know, 16 offensive rebounds for the Tigers. That, that's a very impressive stat. You know, you don't want to discredit them just because they're generally not playing well. I mean, five offensive rebounds for Tillman's a lot. Why he only had one defensive rebound in addition to that is – you know, another story, mm-hmm. but I mean, hey, and how about KJ Santos? Yeah. I mean, in 23 minutes, six mm-hmm. total rebounds, three of them offensive. So, you know, th- there's definitely some positives there. Yeah, I mean, they can't score, but you can bet if the, when those misses happen, they'll probably get the rebound. Yeah. Also, the Tigers bench has been pretty pretty putrid all season, but it did score 33 points in that Mississippi State game. Now, a, lar- a large part of that is because Tillman came off that bench because yeah. of the aforementioned middle finger, but... <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's a positive. Even with that, I mean, they had – so, yeah, they had, I mean, 13 points off the bench against Florida. So, even with Tillman coming off the bench, 20-point improvement so pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, the bench, that's been something we've talked about through this whole season. So, I guess even a glimmer of hope there is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the bench against Florida, you know, only, you know, those 13 points, nine came from Torrance Watson, four came from Reed Nico, and then the rest of the bench didn't score. So, no doubt, a, a big improvement – uh, in the next game, I mean, you know, like you said, obviously Tillman's, you know, presence on the bench is certainly a big part of it. But, hey, I mean, 12 points from Torrance Watson, he was their best-looking scorer. And, you know, Santos and Suggs with five each is good to see. So, you know, it's a, it's a small positive. Mm-hmm. For the team. Now for the dud, our dud of the week is going to be <laughs> Jeremiah Tillman's middle finger. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, watching the game Saturday on TV, you know, I kind of – Watch this whole thing went down. Uh, you know, I'm not a tremendous lip reader by any means, but uh, when Tillman fouled out, you know, I watched him come to the bench. He, he, you know, gives each of his teammates a high five. He goes all the way down to the end of the bench where Mark Smith, who's injured, is sitting. I, I, I almost, you know, I can't say this like it's a fact, but I'm almost sure that Mark Smith told him, told Tillman, give him the fake. Now that's because you know the Florida students were chanting left, right, left, mm-hmm. right, sit down. So Tillman fakes him out, and then, of course, you know, he gives him the finger. Yeah. I mean, what can we really say? It's something that, you know, we know Conzo wasn't happy yeah. about it, and that's why. It cost uh, him his first missed start of the season. Yeah. But at this point, what's there to lose? I mean, why not shut up those Florida fans with the, with the bird? <laughs> I thought, I mean, Conzo's really good in his press conferences about not getting too high or getting too low. Yeah, right. But I think between his technical in that game and – Tillman's middle finger, it, it really was like an accurate picture of how they felt about this season and probably the last few stretch of games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt, you know, I, this is one thing I always say, you know, I'm sure this season has certainly frustrated some Missouri fans, some of the losses they've had, but as frustrated as you are as a fan, don't ever think you are more frustrated than a Division One athlete. Yeah. Those guys are more pissed off than you are about losing and uh, you know, I, I, I can, I'm sure that the frustrations of this season have gotten these For guys sure. a little bit, especially after last season. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's go ahead and take a look over the over the next week. Um, after the two-game road trip, Missouri now returns home for a matchup with South Carolina at 2.30 p.m. Saturday. Then the Tigers head back on the road to take on Georgia and Athens. Uh, what do the remaining games mean for Missouri at this point? I mean, they've, they've locked in their spot in the SEC tournament. Well, they know they're playing that first weekend. Right. They're not going to really do much damage in the postseason. What are they playing for? Over these next three games. So, yeah, now they're just playing to have an even record on this season uh, going into the SEC tournament. I mean, the, I think the worst thing, David, as you said a second ago, is that, like, you don't want to lose as an athlete. So, might as well have your season not be looked at as a negative from just a record standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're just sort of playing for, you know, just kind of anything you can do to try and continue to build the program, build the momentum for next year. Um you know, just even in these last few games, you know, if Jeremiah Tillman could just, you know, stay on the floor and, and not have foul trouble, just any positive kind of steps mm-hmm. you'll, you'll take here. Yeah, I mean, this is, and this is college basketball. There's no, there's no use in losing games. There's no tanking like, no. like there's no tanking like David's New York Knicks. <laughs> and not <But>, my Knicks. <laughs> you're not a Knicks fan? No. I'm really oh, not an NBA fan. I didn't really, I didn't remember. No, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Um, they used to be my Knicks. It has nothing to do with them being bad. <laughs> I'm gonna by keep the way. that in I stop. I, I I want everyone to know for the record. Now, I did not stop rooting for the Knicks because they're bad. I stopped rooting for the Knicks because I dislike the NBA. Huh. The Knicks could be the best. The Knicks could be the Warriors, and I wouldn't care. Really? I just want that out there? <laughs> Even though it might not make it through editing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and do our trivia question. Uh, we asked, "When was the last time Tom Crean had a losing season?" That was in the 2010 season when Indiana went 12 and 20. Tom Crean has had winning seasons in 16 of his 19 years as head coach. So even though George is pretty horrible this season, I wouldn't put it past him to to, to build a program up for the third time and have success there in Athens. No question. I mean, just get into this a little bit. I mean, we've seen all these coaches around the SEC kind of come in. I mean, Ben Howland at Mississippi mm-hmm. State's a good example. You know, you bring Rick in Barnes. Yeah, Bruce I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, the list honestly goes on. Avery Johnson. Yeah, I mean, you bring in the right guy, you'll have success. It's a process. Yeah, I mean, I think if Mizzou can make it through the Kim Anderson era and then make an NCAA uh, tournament appearance, I, I don't think Tom Green yeah. will have any troubles turning around this program, especially with a new recruit they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's a big thing for him. I mean, because that guy's from—I'm not sure where in Georgia he's from, but yeah, I know he's from he's Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, and if you can. You know, Georgia's a hotbed uh, for fruits, and so Tom Crean can get some of those guys to stay home. They'll be in good shape down there in Athens. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, look forward to our coverage of the South Carolina and Georgia games. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will be back next Friday.